Temporal Agents Log, Stardate Irrelevant. Welcome to the Temporal Investigations Archive. Join me as I re-watch all of Star Trek in complete chronological order, from outside existence to the Big Bang, all the way to the ends of the universe. This may be the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise, doing what no sane entity has ever done before. I'm your host, Dan Hitch. Welcome to the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 9. We're back on Deep Space Nine and we're here for Sacrifice of Angels. Cisco is back with the prophets inside the wormhole and something seems to be going wrong. We're coming to the end of Deep Space Nine so there's not many episodes to go. We're also coming to the end of season 0 of this podcast. We have just one more scene after this. So we've got episode 9, then episode 10. And then that will be the end of season 0, Outside Time. After that... We're going from the Big Bang all the way up to the 21st century. So we're coming quite close to finishing our sometimes trippy, sometimes weird, sometimes very tropey exploration of any outside time moments in Star Trek. Now, like any good season ender, I'm going to make this a little bit of a two-parter. There's the events of this scene, and then for our next episode... I'm going to do the events of the very final episode of Deep Space Nine, What You Leave Behind, because there's only a snap moment in that, and it didn't seem too much to go on. So I'm going to bridge them into a two-parter. That means I'm going to record an episode 9 here, then record a separate episode 10, but that will be quite short. But I'm going to try and see them as together, because there is a lot of overlap between the events of this and the events of what's to come in that last episode. Cisco has been taken off the Bridge of the Defiant, He's there standing in front of that big white background. We've got the heartbeat going again, as we've seen in previous scenes. Why have you brought me here? Jake appears to him and says he arrives with questions. And Kira, in a nice little twist and callback to the Ferengi episode when they were in there, uh, she says, in a very tiresome way, there are always questions. So she still seems to be quite tired after dealing with Quark. So... I don't know whether that was a conscious decision from the writers or from her, but I did think that was quite funny. Ducat is standing there. Now, all of these characters are prophet versions of them. Ducat is sitting there with the baseball in hand. You desire to end the game. Odo is then there and says, the game must not end. Now, that's a real change from previous times we've seen the prophets, who seem fairly uninterested in the goings-on of reality as we know it. The, pro the prophets seem to be hinting at some sort of plan or that they have a reason that they want him to live, that he has to live out some sort of, for lack of a better word, destiny. But there is also a sense that the prophets have learnt from the previous times they've met Sisko, that his involvement with them has had a significant effect. Ducat appears again, he's still holding that baseball. The game must cut, must continue. I like the inclusion of the baseball. Uh, it, it's a symbol of everything that Sisko has taught them. They're, they're, they're holding it so tightly, uh, and they're trying to make him understand them whilst they are trying to understand him at the same time they all say you are the cisco he has a bigger role to play so they clearly understand that he needs to be out in reality if he does what he's about to do he could end his life and that is unacceptable to them cisco says i don't want to die but i have to find a way of stopping dominion ships from coming through the wormhole and if i have to sacrifice everything to do that my ship my crew my life then so be it and the prophets just shoot him down they say no we don't agree with it your reason is flawed says kira it's insufficient says odo 
I think that's a really nice bit of writing there. You don't have to say very much, just say one word, because now we're given the idea that Cisco needs some sort of temporal wake-up call. He needs a bigger understanding of his role to play in all the events of time unfolding. The prophets now seem to be more aware as well of the passing of time. They seem to have a better understanding that his involvement in this game holds better meaning or bigger meaning than we're being led to believe. It also makes me think that the prophets may know another way. What if there is a different way of doing something? Or does it also mean that the prophets don't care about the rest of reality? They've shown a willingness to love Bajor. We are of Bajor, as they did in the last time we saw them. But if that's all they're concerned about, and they're completely against everything else, that, for me, diminishes their role as gods. What kinds of gods are they? Are they worthy of the adoration that they get from the Bajoran people? If they're willing to sacrifice everyone else except these one set of people now that uh, is reminiscent of an old argument that i've always had with friends uh, and what i loved about uh, studying philosophy the idea of the argument from evil the idea that there's a god out there who doesn't care about the creation that he's made and that that alone is reason not to believe in such a god or a deity or a being and here we are with the prophets who also seem to have no regard for everything outside them, that that alone should be reason enough for the Bajorans, for a believer, to dismiss that kind of deity. That's a side observation, that's just my own opinions, that's like me coming into it there, but for me, if a god doesn't want to know its creation, then what business do we have worshipping one? That's my position. Cisco then sort of takes it personally and says, well, I'm very flattered that you wanna, you wanna save me, uh, but you need to send me back to my ship. And there's also a moment where the prophets, did they make a joke? Because they take him straight to a prophet version of the Bridge of the Defiant. And Cisco just turns around and says, no, this isn't exactly what I wanted. So it was almost a bit of sense of fun from the prophets, perhaps. But they're all so serious, you'd never know it. He says, I want to return to my reality. They say, you are the Cisco, And he says, I'm also a Starfleet captain. We're seeing this divide in the man, where there's the expectations of these aliens, of the Bajorans, of the faith that they've built against his Starfleet morals, his Starfleet code, the man that he grew to be in his lifetime. Now, I once compared him to Batman. The duality of Batman is also an aspect in that character as well. So Cisco is, again, Batman for me here. You've got the Bruce Wayne. You've got the Batman. You've got what has to be done. And then you've got what could be done. Whenever you think of Batman... He's always fighting things physically, or he's using his gadgets, or he's using his smarts to, to outwit his opponents. But then you've got the Bruce Wayne character, who is almost a cover for Batman, but could do so much more. And I think that's what the prophets are getting at as well. There's him, the Cisco, who could do so much more. There's something more important. Bruce Wayne could change the way Gotham grows as a city by using his wealth, by using his influence. He has direct access to the engines of change in any city, in any society, far more than Batman does. And yet he relies on the Batman character so much to try and change things. Cisco could be so much more, according to the prophets, that there's some other side to him that appears to be able to wield so much more power, but he's more concerned with the Batman. He's more con concerned with the duty and fighting his way 
to change. They then call him out on it. They call him belligerent, aggressive, adversarial, great pickups from previous words, from previous times we've met the, the prophets. And Cisco has had enough of it. So many times he's had to deal with this and he says, you're damn right I am. Cisco starts to own his sense of duty and honour. You have no right to interfere with my life. And Kira comes back with saying, we have every right. Now we've never seen anything to support that idea, but there's an element in the writing that seems to suggest the prophets have got some sort of plan laid out for him, that they have put something in motion that they need him to accomplish as the Cisco, as the Bruce Wayne, as a man who is in possession of a power he doesn't yet understand or uses to its best effect. Cisco is saying, if you want to interfere with anything, you stop those ships. Odo then says, but that's a corporeal matter, it doesn't concern us. That's interesting, because if they want to keep him alive, they're saying that he's not corporeal. So maybe that's a play-in. Now, I know exactly what the twist is. I know what's coming for Cisco in his future. But if we were just taking this scene, and we had no idea, just from that line alone, you get the, the knowledge that the prophets don't see Cisco as corporeal. There we go. Cisco continues to plead his case. What about Bajor? You can't tell me that you don't care about Bajor that you sent them orbs, you sent me as an emissary, you t encouraged them to have an entire religion about you. He is calling out those gods. Going back to that idea that I just mentioned about the problem of evil, you've got these gods who have allowed so much to happen, and yet now they're not taking responsibility. They're washing their hands effectively of what's about to happen in that reality. You don't want me dead? Fine. You want to be gods? Then be gods. And it's a really impassioned speech. He is calling out these entities to do what needs to be done. He says, I need a miracle. The Dukat character says the Cisco tries to control the game. Now, we know that they don't like that. Going back to that Ferengi episode, we know that they have uh, an aversion to someone using their powers like that. Now, that's called back perhaps to the previous episode we just had in the queue in the grey, using your powers irresponsibly. You've got these beings of extreme power being curtailed, perhaps being stopped from using them irresponsibly. From what they understand of the game that Cisco told them about infinite possibilities, if you control the game, that is more irresponsible. Quite an interesting ju juxtaposition that, that by controlling the game, you're actually being more irresponsible, that you're not using your powers for good. Jake says a penance must be exacted. So the prophets seem to have accepted his argument. We're going to interfere, but you're going to have to pay the price, Captain, personally. They say that he will find no rest on Bajor. His pa will follow another path, says Kira. And Cisco just simply asks, what path is that? And we end at 35 minutes, 34 seconds. To be continued. Da, da, da. Uh, so that's the that's the uh, the moment where I'm going to stop there. Coming back for the next episode, we're going to just look at this very brief scene in What You Leave Behind as it kind of ends off this threat, as it were, this penance that the profits are going to exact upon Cisco. As a result, I'm not going to offer a review at this point for just this segment. I am going to offer a review overall of these last two episodes put together so we can examine the, the theme from all of it in one go. So all I will say is tune in next time and listen out for part two and the final part of season zero for this podcast outside time as we discuss a scene from what you leave behind the finale of deep space nine starting at timestamp 
1 hour, 14 minutes and 12 seconds. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to contact the show, there's now a Twitter account. Search Temporal Trek Podcast at rider underscore coattail or contact me directly at hitch underscore Daniel. I'm also on Instagram, Daniel underscore hitch underscore writer. There's also a website with all of the timestamps you need to follow along. Go to ridingcoattails.simplesite.com and click the Temporal Trek page link. The show is always going to be free, there's no Patreon at all. But if you wish to financially contribute to the show, feel free to find my books by searching me, Daniel Hitch, on Amazon. And we'll catch you in the next time stream.